Welcome to the GIST podcast, where we come together to meet the many wonderful people who make GIST what it is. A place where students learn to be self-directed, globally engaged, balanced, and future ready. I'm Morgan. And I'm Mindy. And we're your hosts. Today, we welcome a GIST administrator and a GIST high school student to the podcast to talk about service, which is an important part of the GIST ethos. Our high school principal, Ms. Lauren Poole, and 10th grader Sia are here to speak with us about the impacts of GIST Paduli, which is the school-wide service arm of our school. Ms. Poole and Sia, welcome to the GIST podcast. Hello, thank you. Thanks for having us. So, uh, Ms. Poole, I'm going to call you Lauren. I hope C is okay with that. Um, could you share with us a bit about the story behind the development of just Paduli? And for our, our listeners as well, maybe talk to us about what Paduli actually means. Absolutely. So just Paduli, for anyone who doesn't know that Paduli would mean cares in Bahasa, Indonesia. So we have just cares. Um, you're absolutely right. That is the sort of community service giving arm of GIS as a school-wide organization. A lot of corporations feel it's important to have sort of a giving branch of what they do, um, and we certainly felt that same way. And it actually came out of a desire to support disaster relief um, associated with the tsunami of 2004. So that was really where it all began. And so a big part, um, one of the pillars of Jespidoli is still to provide disaster relief. And we've been able to, unfortunately, we've been able to continue doing that because um, that means there are still disasters to support. Um, but that is something that uh, we financially support. And then we've been able to expand the reach a little bit beyond that and be able to support um, a lot of our wonderful community initiatives. So whether that comes up through student um, projects or whether that comes from anyone else in the community just knowing of a deserving group or organization or cause, they can bring that to the Just Paduli board and we might find ways to support and keep it going. That's awesome. Sia, the vision of Just Paduli is to strengthen ties to Indonesia through service, as Lauren has been talking about a bit. Um, so how does the program specifically contribute to building these connections? We've mentioned disaster relief. Can you expand on that? Um, aside from disaster relief, uh, Just Paduli also provides funds to different type of service projects or service clubs. And without it, a lot of the clubs or service projects, they will need to gain a lot of the fundings through fundraisers, which sometimes they have a pretty major project or club and which will result in a lot of funding. That would be like mm -hmm. daily vague sales. And just Paduli kind of as like the service arm kind of helps give students the, sur uh, the funds that they need for the school and their projects. Thank you, Sia. So, Lauren, um, as we understand it, there are these four pillars of just Paduli, so community projects and engagement, disaster relief, leadership, and communication. So do you mind describing a bit to us about each of those four pillars? And then could you perhaps share an example of a project um, that really embodies those four pillars and made an impact on the community? Yep, I'll start again with disaster relief, just because we sort of covered a little bit of that already. Um, you know, there are things that, that come around thanks to nature. So most recently we had an earthquake that impacted some of the community um, in a neighboring area in Chianjur. And so we were able to just provide financial support by actually helping give some funds to 
community members that we know via a service partner organization, Yume, to just help them reconstruct their houses after the damage. So just pure financial support to help them um, in need. And so we sent that out to them and they've sent us photos and things of their progress as they rebuilt their own homes. Um, but we've also did that during the COVID pandemic by providing sort of hygiene and sanitation packets out to people who might need that when that was the disaster at hand. Um, the community projects and engagement is really what we see through our student partners a lot of the time. So um, I can talk a little bit more about the proposal and presentation process later, but students will basically bring forward something that they're working on that they might ordinarily need funds to do. And as Sia may have mentioned in the past, that could mean that the bulk of their club's time was raising funds and was like doing bake sales and asking people for money. And we kind of said, we want the bulk of your service work to be on doing the work and being with the partners and going out into these communities and making a difference, not spending all of your meeting times figuring out how you're gonna get the funds to do it. So students will bring forward their ideas. It might be as simple as, you know, one of the um, orphanages or local schools that they're working with would benefit from new bookshelves in their library and they just want new bookshelves. And we'll say, yeah. that seems great. You know, show us evidence that that's what you did, show us the installation and how that's benefiting the community. And so it might be something that would be considered sort of a small contribution. Um, up to, you know, we've given funding to build like four Habitat for Humanity houses that our students went out and did the build on, um, and we've been able to sponsor that. So we really look to hopefully make sure that the projects that our students are engaged in are enduring. Mm -hmm. We don't always want them to just be one-off when it comes to funding. Um, so something like a community library, we could justify that that's going to give to the community for years and years and years. And it's something that our students can make sure that they upkeep as well. Okay, so we did the bookshelves. Now, who's getting the books? Who's making sure that those stay in good shape? And, and that's kind of things that we can ask of our students to make sure that they're getting the point mm -hmm. of sus sustainable and enduring service. So yeah. listening to you describe um, the way that just Paduli works is really fascinating to me because I hear this real emphasis on empowering the students in the process. And I think it's a really delicate balance when you talk about anything that has to do with fundraising and how do you make sure that the students are really getting something out of this whole process, but also that the community is really getting something out of the process. And it's interesting to me because I feel like that's something that just Paduli is really aware of and trying to make sure they are thinking about outwards in the community, but also the impact that we're going to have on the students here. So I thought we could throw this question over to you, Sia. Could you think of an example of a time that, you know, just Baduli has had some sort of an impact on you? Like, how has it impacted you? Uh, I think when before, I heard this proposal when I was back in middle school, because I've been in just Paduli for three years. Yes. I've heard it back in middle school. It was a proposal from this service club called Plugged In. It was, they were talking about digital divide in Indonesia and how some uh, Indonesian kids weren't able to access to electronics such as laptops or phone. And so their idea was to collect uh, uh, devices that needs to be repaired and to send them to this company which can repair and thus send it out to the people who need the electronic devices. At that time, I didn't really know what was going on in Just Paduli, so I was just there like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yep, okay, I, I got it. And when I actually came to high school, it was w one of the first service pro uh, clubs that I joined. Mm -hmm. And 
I was able to kind of see how it like kind of played out of where uh, they will gather the there were there were like boxes where people they will gather the uh, electronics from our students and then they will send it off to the organizations which can repair the electronics and give it to the kids and it was really cool to see how the project which I really barely know about to actually see it and later recognize that it made a big impact. Oh, that's really cool. Um, you mentioned you started getting involved in Just Paduli in eighth grade. Yeah. Now, you and I were doing online learning together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did it look like? And then how did you end up getting really involved in high school? Can you talk to us a little bit more about that process? Because I bet we'll have a few listeners who are curious how they could get involved overall. Yeah. So I think when I was back in middle school, there was a post in JustNet about, hey, we need volunteers, middle school volunteers for Just Paduli. Yeah. So I sent an email. I signed up for it. And then I joined the Zoom meetings. And after a while, when I went into high school, uh, for one of the major differences in middle school and high school, I would say, is that there is a lot more service clubs mm -hmm. that are actually dedicated and have some sort of direct connections to some local areas. There are places like that in middle school as well. But I feel like high school has a little bit more variety into it mm -hmm. and I think uh, my transition to it made it kind of easier because I kind of already knew how some of the major projects that were going on so that made me really excited and to join just Paduli and yeah. thus the high school service clubs That's awesome. so Lauren um, I think the other part that you had talked about is is um, the fact that students can actually apply for funding how who, where does that funding actually come from? What's the process for that? Sure. So the GIST Padulis funds has been generated um, through fundraisers mm -hmm. that they've held in the past, and then now that's all in an account, hopefully always earning funds that we're not mm -hmm. touching over time. Um, so really it came from some significant fundraising efforts. Um, there had been sort of an art auction event. We did a CrossFit for charity event. So really it's just big scale community fundraisers. Mm -hmm. um, and then now thankfully that money kind of earns a little bit on its own. And we will be looking to revive that. So hopefully you'll see some big and public fundraising events in the year ahead. Um, obviously, it went a little bit quieter during the pandemic. Um, but we also have uh, the stuff up on the website, both on JustNet and on our external facing website for anyone to just make a donation to Just Paduli if they want to see their money going toward funding our student service efforts or disaster relief or community projects. So all donations always welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty cool because you're giving back, like like we had talked about earlier. You're giving back to to students. Um, you know, they they have some their their own ownership over yeah, the process. Yeah, exactly. Really. Their own agency in the process, and then you're also giving back into the community. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about that, thinking about a student that would come in and they maybe have an idea that they've spent some time researching. How would they go about getting the pro their project approved? Sure. So on also on the website, you can read a little bit more about the process if you're really just starting from there. Um, our high school student service clubs sort of know now through the service council and also in the in the newsletters every week on opportunities to present your proposals to Just Paduli. So we meet quarterly, the Just Paduli board of which I'm a member and Sia has obviously been an ongoing student representative and we have representatives from middle school, high school, 
um, parent reps, an alumni member is the board chairperson, and we also have representation from communications and some other offices around school. So it's a really wide-reaching group that is the board and then the panel mm -hmm. for listening to student presentations. So basically they submit a Google Doc that has the request on like how much money do you need, what is it for, and it asks the questions about how is this on enduring? Mm -hmm. How are you then going to monitor it and remain accountable for it and watch this grow over time? So students submit that proposal. Um, if it's through high school, then our service coordinator in high school would help get in touch with those students and, and over, look it over with them or in middle school respectively. And now we've even had some proposals from some elementary school students, which is great Yay. that it's kind of we're widening our reach. Um, and then they come to a meeting, so it's a little bit I try to make it not sound like <laughs> Shark Tank or anything that's like super intense because we're all there in support, but they really do share with us like the story of the proposal and that usually, you know, wins us over. <laughs> um, but the questions that we ask are, you know, how is this going to continue and be ongoing and how is this something that your club or yourself as a student are going to stay involved in and watch over time and yeah. report back to us? And sometimes we know that we're gonna go ahead and fund it just the way it is. Sometimes we say, you know what, we're gonna give you a little bit of seed money, but we wanna see some things change or improve to what you presented today. Um, and sometimes we just say, you know what, we're not sure you're ready yet. Yeah. So we're gonna give you feedback, we're gonna help get you ready. Sometimes we can even help network as a result of the conversation. Like a lot of our parent reps or board members have ideas of, you know, instead of us giving you money for these devices that you need to buy and repurpose or something like that. I know someone who works in this industry who could help you. So it's also a really generative process. Yeah, I love that the way you're describing the process because it's not this, like you said, it's not the shark tank where they're going to come on and get a, like a hard yes <laughs> or a hard no. But it's this, it sounds like it's really this idea that whether you get a, a full yes right away or, you know, you know, a partial yes, the idea is that we're, we're in this together. We're going to be helping you and supporting the idea. Let's just look at how that is going to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to say, I love that elementary students can be involved as well. And I think that's important for our listeners that it's not just high schoolers. Like, make sure that all the students know they can be involved. Did you want to add something? Yeah, yeah, can I add something? So yesterday night, I actually went through the GISTnet to find yeah. the application form to actually see if it's accessible. You can find the form when you go to GISTnet. There, it's under uh, school-wide service. And then you can click on Just Paduli. And then on kind of like the right-hand corner, there is like Just Paduli annual report. If you go down, there's like this button that says, uh, just Paduli application form. If you click on it, it basically shows you what type of things you kind of need to prepare and what type of things you need to kind of know about before you actually come to us and come to the presentation for the Just Paduli board. That's awesome. fantastic. So Sia, on that note, so say you have a student who's, okay, let's pretend we have a seventh grader and they have an awesome idea they're doing exactly what you tell them to do. Okay. Do you have any other advice for them before, be, between that step and before they actually get to the Just Paduli board? Um, so I would probably say to confirm with a few teachers, like talk to some service coordinators or something, because sometimes you might miss an idea or sometimes, um, you know, if uh, I am not personally that great with numbers, so if you aren't that great with numbers, you might put a higher budget than you could have 
Um, and usually if it's that's the case, then we try to, we reach back and ask them to rethink about their proposal and stuff. So I think maybe just kind of confirm your information with a teacher or a peer. And later on, you can send it on to the Paduli board. Wonderful. I wanted to ask a really one more quick question to, for Lauren. So you had talked a lot about making sure that this is an enduring, this seems like a big part of the process when you're going through applications. What exactly are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, there's a big part of this, particularly if it's coming from a student service club or organization, that we want them to think through how do we maintain the partnership with this group and how do we make sure that if we are donating, let's say, money to build houses, that we are then go circling back and staying involved with that community. If we funded something at a school, for example, how are we then going to invite them to our school or we're going to go to theirs? Um, so there's some questions that we ask like that just so that we know once the funds are given, that we're also trying to work on empowerment of that community. Because ultimately, this is the giving arm of GIS as an organization back to our host country of mm -hmm. Indonesia. So we want the growth and development of our students, which usually comes from the presentation process, really stretching them to be able to sort of do a pitch and to answer questions and, you know, triple check their accounting, like Sia <laughs> mentioned. Um, but really, if we're giving the funds, it's because we want something better for some people that we know out there in Jakarta or Indonesia um, or in the surrounding areas. So those are the things that we would want to hope for. And then in the logistics of, of accountability is that we do ask for students to also report back. So if you are funded, you also get a follow-up email and it's this time of year that we say, hey, we granted you funds earlier this year. We need the evidence of those funds and how they're being applied. And we do produce an annual report um, to justify our funding and our spending as well. That's great. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today. I just also want to say a special thank you to Ms. Lauren Poole um, because you. you're nearing the end of your remarkable tenure at GIS. And this is just one example of the extraordinary work that you have been doing here. And we're all going to cry a lot on your last day <laughs> and for a long time. So I just wanted to also personally thank you for everything you've done for our school, for just Paduli, and just the whole community at large. Thank you. And I'm so excited that it is in really great hands. We just had our closing meeting for this school year, and we've introduced everyone who's staying on and everyone who's moving along um, together to make sure that the good work keeps going. Uh, just Paduli has been a really enriching part of my time, knowing that just is the kind of school that is so committed to service um, that we have this special designation part of our organization and that we use it still as a learning opportunity for students and for parents and community members um, to really be committed to service that gives back but in a really meaningful way. So it has been a great joy and honor. Thanks for letting us share it with you today. Absolutely. You. And, and Sia, thank you so much for being here. I remember working so well with you in middle school, and it's so exciting to see you thriving and see what intention is behind your work and the service work that you're doing. Um, you're becoming a remarkable human. You already work, but even more remarkable. <laughs> and I'm excited thank to you. see what you'll do the next couple of years at GIS. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you both.